And what's up, y'all? And welcome to another episode of the Trick Nazi News Star. And then this is the That Dynamite Review Show. So we got a lot of things to, uh, to talk about because there's a lot, a huge announcement that was said that's going to change the wrestling landscape in the next month, especially in June. But before we get into that, let's welcome back our, our my co-host, Will Lily and Bedford. What's up, bro? What is good, everybody? We did have that big announcement from uh, Tony Khan last night that I know you're, you're, you're eager to talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is, I feel like this is the WrestleMania that we're looking for. Yeah, I think it might be something that, uh, you know, could change wrestling uh, going forward. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see, but I don't want to spoil nothing just yet. Uh, let's get into the episode. Yeah, absolutely. So the first up, uh, we had CM Punk uh, open up this uh, dynamite again, like he did last week. But at uh, this time, he went one on one with uh, Justin Rose, and uh, this was a pretty good um, thirty minutes back and forth. Like Justin Rose uh, looks good as always, especially um, in his age right now. And then of course, you see um, CM Punk is trying to whack up wins because his number one goal is to get to Hangman of Page and the AEW world title. So that's the goal there for CM Punk. And um, this was was pretty good back and forth until in the final moments of the match with um, Dustin countering a diving clothesline with a right hook before hitting the crossroads and the straight power driver for the near fall. Punk hit the roundhouse kick and went for the GTS but his knee gave out, so he cradled Dustin for the win. So this is the first time that Punk win a match without either the GTS or either the Anaconda Bite. So um, because uh, they both well, Dustin had a, a a knee injury at first, but I think uh, Punk did sell his out uh, more the first. So um, after the match, AEW World Champion Heyman the Page music hit played out, and he uh, got face-to-face with Punk, with CM Punk in the interest rap. So, we already we already told y'all okay. where this is leading to, and that is CM Punk versus Tame Adipage at Double or Nothing. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, this match with CM Punk and Dustin Rhodes. Um, Dustin always looks good. They told a really good story. I think it was just a lot of classic wrestling here. Um, nothing too crazy, no crazy flips or anything, but just a real consistent, uh, good wrestling story that was being told. But I think the real question yeah. going in is that is this is it the time for okay. CM yeah, Punk to win the title, or should Hey Man to pay to keep it on a little bit longer? Uh, I don't know. I mean, CM Punk is a good person to put the belt on. Um, but it needs to be like a back and forth, I think. It needs to kind of be something uh, uh, something that really works hard to it. Um, you know, the, the thing is, like I was talking about last week, it's like it's, it's interesting having two baby faces here, you know, in this position. Um, you know, and, and, and like who do you cheer for? Like someone needs to give us a reason to boo, I think, for a good rivalry. So it would be interesting to kind of see um what's going to come from that 
Yeah, because um, going into double or nothing, but hey, man, the page will be well. With, he's in his um, six months right now, and then next month we'll make it uh, seven months because uh, whoever holds the the world title holding it like at least um, at least a year. So um, and if I think if he passes Punk, uh, well, would that still be questioned? So and then I don't know. If he's gonna lose it between um, either all out or 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 full gear in November, we don't know yet. So um, I think this could be the right time for um, CM Punk to get it, and then and as CM Punk have a long run as well, and then when the time is right, I think we're gonna get that rubber match between Punk and MJF, and then that's when uh, MJF probably will win the title. But uh, but that's down the road. But um, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, definitely, it's going to be a good story regardless with them. Um, but it'll be interesting to kind of see what transpires from this story. Like I said, I'm waiting for that one of them to be um, the kind of bad guy or the person. I mean, or they can keep it two baby faces going for the same thing and see how that goes. But uh, that's what I'm waiting for to see kind of how that goes. Yeah, yeah, but um, we'll see how that goes. And um, so we see Warlow arriving to the arena where Mark Sterling informed him he will be escorted directly to his locker, to the ring, and outside of the arena. But um, his uh, his um locker room was like uh, I think in a janitor's car, uh, if I believe. I don't know <laughs> what the heck because um, everybody keeps saying, oh, he's not officially an AEW runner. He's under uh, AJL's payroll and, uh, and all that other stuff. So um, the, the, the security was there. He got him handcuffed. And then Sterling replied with a message from MJL saying, eat shit, big. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is just great. You see how they're trying to build him up as this Goldberg type. Now that he has handcuffs on him, now he has to be escorted to the ring. I mean, they're just really trying to keep um, – keep this thing. They, they're, they're really leaning into that Goldberg thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, we just waiting for that pop up Tiffany or MJF. That's what that's what we want. That's what we want. Yeah. And then the Blackpool Combat Club, Brian Danson, John Moxley, and Will Yuta versus Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, and Brock, and Brock Anderson. So, and we are you join commentary and um, this was an interesting trio because you normally see Dante with his brother and um, and Brock Anderson with uh, with Lee with Lee Johnson. So that this was a very a very cod uphill trio that they got. But um, this was a pretty good uh, decent trio match. Obviously, this was just to build up the 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 Blackpool Combat Club. But um, but right for the bell. Yuta uh, went straight into Dante, and then uh, the fight—that's when the fight had began. So, um, in that um, uh, final moment, um, Dante uh, Dante was, was tagged in and took out Danielson when he was the legal person with a springboard drop kick before hitting the second springboard dive onto onto Moxley. He hesitated on the nose dive, 
allowing Marcy to turn it into the bulldog choke. Moriarty tried to break it up, but Danielson kicked his head in the Yuta, laying the elbows of Brock. So, you guys, you know, you know how Brian Danielson picks up the guy's shoulders and does the kick? Yeah, he does that. And then um, Yuta did the elbow at the same time. So, that was pretty, uh, that was pretty good. Awesome, yeah. the way they did it. And um, so, it match ended with... Um, with Moxley hitting the paradigm shift, uh, Martin and the, uh, for for the win. Yeah, I think this match was really good. That little moment where the all three of them was uh, kind of doing their like their pound, their pounding ground on their on their opponents. Um, I think was really cool. They look like they've been a team that's been wrestling for years now. You know. They don't look like a team that just was newly formed. They look like they look very well together. Um, but looking forward to kind of like, first off, William Regal is always great on commentating. It was cool to have them in the ring with guys that they were talking about during their promos. Like they, you know, they were saying how they could work with some of these younger guys like Lee Moriarty, and, uh, Dante Martin, and all this. So. Uh, it was good to see them actually in the ring with them. And then also the, the combat club, I mean, their matches just feel different. It's felt like not, it felt like it's a difference for them, but also um, the other people that's against them. It seemed like their opponents are always a little bit more hyped up, ready to kind of fight. So, yeah, it was just an interesting, inter- it was a really good match. Uh, they, they hit hard and their matches just feel different. So. Yeah, I mean, what else do you want from a from a wrestling trio? Uh, for, for that, but um, Adam Cole, the Young Buck, and Red Dragon were backstage with Cutler, and um, the Bucks was not really all that excited like they usually be when they be on camera with with Brandon Cutter and everything. So um. O'Reilly said, all they need is Trico, you're breaking up a little bit. All right, you get me now? There we go. All right, here we go. So, uh, sorry, there was a huge internet connection going on, but uh, like I mentioned before, um, uh, Adam Cole mentioned there were, that there will be an undisputed elite open challenge for a 10-man tag. So, this probably will get um, – do you see them um, with this current group of the undisputed elite getting together or um, – or will we see Kenny Omega down the road and something will happen? Um, yeah, I think things are going to change when Kenny Omega comes back, of course. Um, 
Now, what I do recognize out of all of this is who is going to be this five-man team to go against, you know? Um, that's going to be interesting to see now that we know, know about the relationship with New Japan. Um, and, you know, I don't want to jump the gun on the episode, but Adam Cole was the one that kind of announced some of this stuff. So it, it, it may be something coming up uh, where we see um, some other guys come in. And that guy, Ring of Honor, as well. So who's going to be this five-man team? That would make me more excited than anything, kind of figure out who's going to be popping up on Dynamite this week. Yeah, they, they mentioned who's that other team going to be that. Well, we get to that in a second. Um, we had a video promo with uh, Samoa Joe and the Jay Lethal feud. Um, Sojay Dunn said that, that Sam Moore Singh will carry out the legacy of the entire country of India. Joe said he was just invincible. So I got a report that WWE was interested in things, but Singh turned them down for AEW. So that was kind of interesting. Okay, yeah, because I mean, Senior already went through the WWE thing, and they treated him like crap. Yeah, because uh, I think because of, um, of the huge um, relationship that he has with the NBA, what he used to be in, in the Dallas Mavericks, and because, um, uh, of course, Water Media uh, is high, uh, heavily influenced with, um, with the NBA, so I kind of see mm-hmm. why they went there, so it kind of makes sense uh, on that part. So, yeah, yeah, I see why he turned it down for, for WWE. Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, um, but, uh, but I'm happy that he did, because I think AEW is the better place for him. Oh, my God. Can you see freaking him versus Omar? <laughs> oh I mean, like, Jesus, like Jesus Christ. Oh my! Oh my God! So, Tony Khan was introduced introduced by Tony Schiavone for the huge announcement. Khan brought out Toshi Oboshi, who is the president of the New Jam, New New Japan Pro Wrestling. But Adam Cole interrupt was on the big screen, and uh, he says he will be the one to deliver the announcement. So, the AEW and New Japan Super Show pay per view will be entitled The Forbidden Door, and it will happen at the United Center in Chicago. Wow. My second um, my second home, Chicago, is getting a lot of love lately. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, Chicago, he is he, def- Chicago is definitely AEW's, like, second home, like, like, like one, of their, one of their big faces. Yeah, and um, United Center was the night that CM Punk debuted. So, um, that, that's very, that, that's a, like I said, Chicago's getting a lot of love lately. They really are, yeah. So um, he announced that he will face Tomomo Shishushi in the Oric Hub qualifying match on Rampage before he said, before saying he had a friend who wants to say hello. And guess whose music played? The Switchblade Jay White. And he emerged, he said, it's fitting that he's here. Well, he's been here, but but not like out there. Uh, you, you already know. We've seen him a couple of days, but he's been back and forth. But um, as he said, the last major New Japan Pro Wrestling co-produced in the United States, he singled out, sold out Madison Square Garden. And he said, 
that was for the Undisputed Elite and the Border Club, that it was still in their era. Dude, can you imagine the possibility of dream matches are we going to get for that forbidden pay-per-view show? Oh, yeah. It's going to be something uh, something amazing uh, come, come uh, June there. Um, I mean, the, the possibilities, you know, are big. Not only is it, you know, New Japan, but it's also Ring of Honor. It's also AEW. And who else knows, you know, because they like to they like to throw all the stops. So um, I think this is going to be a big show in June. Um, I think this is going to be something that can really um, help AEW and help New Japan, um, uh, you know, just kind of have a great summer, you know. Um, but also this is going to be a big night just for wrestling in general. Who are you most excited to see in a matchup from New Japan and AEW? Oh, there's a there's a lot. And um, I even mentioned about taking a trip over there to, um, and seeing that show. It might be worth it. Yeah, it definitely might be worth it. All right, let me see what, what we got from here. Um, Jay Cargill with backstage with the um, with the members of the baddie section, uh, Red Velvet and um, Kier Hogan, and Mark Sterling there was there as as usual. But um, but Amir Sharif is the problem. Then Cargill will be the problem solver. So I like that Kier Hogan and Red Velvet. It's kind of like the um, the muscles for um, for Jay Cargill because um, even though Jay Cargill can handle herself on her own, but let's say she needs some 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 henchwomen to, to do her dirty work, and then that's what makes her her character looking good. And then of course you have Mark Sterling on the side, who's the manager, handling on the business profits and everything else. So um, uh, this looking good, but um, I want to see um, an actual faction. Of the baddie section, like you could have Jay be the leader, and then of course um, Red Velvet, Kira Hogan as the um, as the lieutenant, and everybody else, and then you can add like people in the group as wrestlers, or and also add people from uh, like attending the show as the as the viewers. So right. that's the way I see it. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um... Yeah, interesting. To have. I've been seeing this group on social media a lot, um, but I didn't know. Um, I didn't know they were going to officially make them a uh, group, um, and like on TV. So that was interesting to see that. But um, I like the fact that these guys get a chance to kind of do more work. Kara Hogan. I'm glad to see her on TV more. She's she is a baddie, um, and. Red Velvet, I feel like always just been kind of looking for her place. Um, and maybe this is a good chance for her to find her place and be a heel. Because I feel like sometimes she goes from heel to face, back to heel, back to face. So if she can just kind of be stuck at a fa- at a heel point, that'll be good. Right, keep going. 
but yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of see where this uh, where this group kind of goes. I mean, it's like I want to say like a first woman's faction because like you know none of the other woman factions in AEW like have like a name name, you know, like where like that's the name of their faction. You know, I know we had like Britt Baker and her people, but the Biz are the baddies. You know, that's the name. It might be the first like real female faction in AEW. Yeah, the way I see the baddie section is kind of like an AEW's version of of toxic attraction of NXT, but a little bit better. That's the way I see it. That's the way I see. It. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, this is like going to be like their first kind of official women faction. Yeah, but I like the idea of um, yeah, where the the way this going as far as the uh, the baddie section is going. But I like what it is going from there. And yeah. um, war, before uh, Warlow versus the Butcher match uh, uh, started, MJF and Sean Spears appear up in the um, in the skybox. MJF mocking Pittsburgh said that since Warlow's a nobody, he will come out to no music and Warlow emerged still handcuffed. This reminds me of 2003. When Kane came out with the police and handcuffs, so some people that's one of his best interests. So uh, that's where that remind me of when when um when Warlow came out with it when the, in the handcuffs and a, a lot of police uh, escorting him. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, I think it's, I think it's pretty dope. So this was a um two bit men started off everything. So um. In, uh, um, in the fight, in the final moments, um, in the um, yeah, when when uh, Butcher tried to get, tried to get the chair, um, uh, he drove Warlow into the ring area in the barricade, but went back into the ring. Butcher hit a power bomb, but Warlow kicked out at one. Then Warlow hit the power symphony, which was four, uh, for the win. And then after the match, uh, Warlow was handcuffed again and Lee out, out of the ring. And MJ up is still pissed that uh, that Butcher, Butcher didn't get the job done. Didn't get the job done. Yep, still didn't get the job done. And then, but also a really good moment uh, with these applause and, and the, the symphony happening. I mean, Warlow is just always going to get the crowd popping, so. Exactly. He's uh, the AEW version of Goldberg from the WCW days, as we are maybe been saying. So um, Eddie Kingston addressed Daniel Garcia, said he will face him a rampage with all the stable mates will now be allowed in the arena. And he said, and he told Jericho once everything, well, that everything he would do to Garcia, he would, he would do it to him later on. I think this is um first off, Eddie Kingston always gives off well, like one of the best promos. Um, I'm not sure if I'm excited to see Kingston and Jericho too. I don't know if that's where I was like leading. Um, I mean, maybe I am. Their first match was pretty good. Um, but seeing like I guess the J J A S gotta do something. But um, if this does lead to another one-on-one match, because like the first time they met uh, at a revolution, that was just about respect. But now it's personal. Now, if they do another match at double or nothing, it gotta have some sort of some kind of stipulation uh, in it. 
some kind of like a no DQ match, no holds barred or something. You got to have a um, a stipulation uh, in it. Um, they can't do the uh, stadium stampede because um, if uh, if Eddie Kaiser said Tanner is going to get two more teams to do that. But I would like to see that, but but uh, we'll, we'll, uh, I think it's it's just leading more to a, to a one on one with Keith and Jericho. Yeah, most, I mean that's what it's all going to boil down to. I know they're going to have their own like you know things with Pride and Powerful and the other members of JAS, but it's all going to boil down to Keith and Jericho. Yeah, that's that's exactly what, what they're going for. But um. The Orihut Cup uh, final qualifying match, Kyle O'Reilly versus Jungle Boy. And um, as you guys already know, uh, Jungle Boy is definitely one of the one of the pillars for AEW. But um, and a lot of people were going for um, Jungle Boy in this map. And um, in the surprising um, of uh, fashion, um, Kyle O'Reilly got, got the win, got the win, hundred uh, percent clean on this one, hundred percent clean. Yeah, it was a good match between these two. Again, this was just a night of like pure wrestling. And this was uh, one of those matches where it was like not much like sneaky stuff was going on, but it was just more about the wrestling part of it. So, yeah, it was a really good, really good, clean match. Jungle Boy looked, again, uh, looked great. Um, um, O'Reilly looked great. And O'Reilly got the win. Yeah, because um, uh, as a team between Jungle Boy and Lucha Swords, that there, you know, they cannot, they can be unstoppable. It's just a matter of how they do in singles competition. And uh, Jungle Boy has been doing really good in single competition. But I feel like this match was just to get um, the undisputed elite back on track. That's what this is like. It's not really going to hurt Jungle Boy at all because they still um, him and Lucha Swords are still the World Tag Team champs. Yeah, they still that. And um, so this was just to find out who who was just gonna go, gonna qualify for the um for the Orihard tournament. So uh I see Jungle Boy Lucy so is gonna have somebody um to face for the for, for the for the tag title soon. We don't know who it's gonna be, but um it probably uh we'll have to see how quali- uh, how Kyle O'Reilly um uh, goes far in the tournament, but we'll we'll see how that goes and um so in the final moment of that match, um, Jungle Boy was showing some aggression. Then he thought about the share snap trap, but took uh, but took too long, allowed O'Reilly to avoid it. O'Reilly kick out of a cradle and applied the ankle lock, but Jungle Boy escaped, locked on this snap trap, forcing O'Reilly to fight uh, into to reach the ropes. O'Reilly landed the modified brain buster. And climbed the ropes, hitting the dive knee drop for the for the win. And then after the match, Christian Cage Christian Cage came out, and he and Jungle Boy uh to try to talk to try to talk things out. Yep, yep. I think, um, but again, I think it was a really good match. Yeah, yeah, uh, it definitely was. And um, MJF was backstage with Sean Spears. Uh, uh, he uh, he was uh, again pissed off her uh, again. He repeated the refrain that he is a snake. Spears produced, it, uh, produced an envelope of money and offered it to Jake the Snake Roberts, who walked up. Jake rambled for a while, 
before Lance Archer slapped the money away, saying all he wants to do is fight Warlow. Yep, I think um, I don't think NGF want those problems, but <laughs> I know it's gonna happen. Um, I really feel like the first time they fight, um, he may he may lose the first one. You know, Warlow may win, lose the first one, and then like you know they're gonna work their way up to the second one, and he'll get that one. Maybe he'll win the overall, um, you know, rivalry. But I feel like the first one he may lose. Yeah, because I feel like they uh, they're repeating the uh, five labors of Jericho here. That's why uh, that's why I feel like it's going. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, um, you know, he's gonna have to do all these different things. I mean, he kind of he ain't fight Sean Spears yet, right? No. I feel like that's definitely shout out, in the shout out to um, shout out to Sean Dean who got wins over MJF and and uh, his posse. Yeah, where's where's he gonna go from here? That's the question. Where is he? Right. But um, Hook finally has his uh, dynamite debut. And um, he has a match with uh, with Anthony Henry. Uh, this was very quick, two minutes. And um, Hook pick and, and Henry's ankle immediately went for the single leg crab. He let in some strikes in the corner before hitting a various suplex and throws. Tony Nese and Mark Stern was at ringside taking notes. Hook uh, hit the sliding lariat and crossface strikes. Dan Hansley appeared and tried to curse Hook again, but it failed. Uh, Hook locked in the red drum for the win. And then after the match, uh, Dan Helsey said he had it well with Hook, and now they will fight. And the crowd was really uh, pumping up. When, yeah, uh, they were. Yeah, Dan put a finger on uh, Hook's chest. He smiled at the camera uh, a, a bit, and then uh, and then ignored it and just walked back out to the ramp. I think uh, Dan Hauser versus Hook. Didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I, I knew I knew I knew it was coming, but uh, I was, I just want to know when. I just I didn't think Dan Houser was going to get in the ring. I thought he was going to just keep pestering him, but I didn't know that he was going to get in the ring against him. Yeah, but um, this is going to be very interesting, and, and the crowd was uh was very um was, is very excited for it, and I'm uh. And, and I'm am too. Well, we'll see how that goes. Oh, and yeah, um, he, looked, he, looked, he was pretty excited. I'm like, what? Dan Housen. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. know, I don't think I've ever seen Russell in AEW yet. Yeah, because I think Dan Housen was on the injury list, and um, yeah. I, th- I think he's, he's recovering soon. So that that's why um, they may, he challenged uh, the hook to a match because I think he's getting ready to, uh, to make it through. Return soon, so it's just a matter of when the match is going to happen. When Man, what what a booker to to, to um book some to, to pay for somebody while they're injured, you know, or get somebody on your show while they're injured. Yeah, and um, Frank Kazarian 
was about to call out uh, Sammy Guevara for a TNT title match. But Scorpio Sky in, uh, interrupted. He said all of his accomplishments wouldn't be possible without uh, Kazarian. As you guys already know, there was the former uh, SCU. SCU! Yeah. Before asking Kazarian to weigh out for his TNT title shot until after Scorpio Sky went it back. And then, as Sky said, after he, uh, he wins it back, he will be the first in line uh, to, to challenge him. Kazarian said he always has SS guys back. So I did. If it, if I could play devil's advocate here, I feel like this is a, just another um, calm scan artist here. So I uh, I don't know about that. I feel like there's going to be some turning bats on it. I don't know about this one. What do you mean you don't know about this one? Because um, I don't know who's playing current artist here. Because um, think about it. Scorpio Sky is with Dan Lambert and Eat the Page right now. He's right. clearing a heel. And um, I think Frank is there. He's a baby face, a baby face too. But um, it's just a matter of how this gonna uh, this relationship is gonna go. Is is Frankie Gozarian gonna join Dan Lambert's team, an American top team, or or he's gonna go by himself? That's the question there. That's the question. I mean, it sounds like you know. First off, did we get to the pro the, to like? The promo yet with Scorpio's like like the fact that Sammy Guevara is like now kind of a heel, you know what I mean? Um, I feel like we're seeing what the original plans for Cody and Brandy was. So that means that it looks like Cody was gonna go heel eventually, but you know he left like a, like a, like a coward. Um, but it looked like that was the plans for us to be able to start booing Cody, but now. We're 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 booing Sammy over Dan Lambert, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, especially uh, you bring that up because when Cody Rose well, won the TNT title for the third time, that's where uh, the people were were uh, were wanted to see happen. They want Cody Rose to turn heel, but um, of course, uh, Cody Rose was acting like the John uh, the John Cena version of AEW. So um, that's why. They decided to do it with Sammy Guevara and, and Ty Conti, even though they still are baby faces and um and American Top Team is is still at the heel. But you see how the crowd reacts like um they're cheering for the American Top Team and booing um Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti there. So um it's just a uh, see who is the actual heel and who is the actual baby face at here. So um. Um, in the ring, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti were in the ring. Guevara was happy that he's a three-time TT champion. And to anyone who don't like him and Conti, be mad. And um, Scorpio Sky, Eat the Page, and Dan Lambert interrupt, said, nobody came here to, uh, to hear Guevara talk on the mic. The only reason they are not attacking Guevara is that Lambert, and tonight is all about business. Lambert demanded Guevara give Sky his rematch. Guevara accepted, but under one condition, they give us the mixed tag team match with um, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti versus either Eat the Page or Scorpio Sky and, and Paige Van Zandt. So I feel like that match, that mixed tag team match will probably happen at double or nothing, but next week's Dynamite, we'll see the TNT title or rematch 
but that's going to be a ladder match. A ladder match. I wouldn't mind seeing a ladder match between those two. That's for sure. But um, but as far as the mids, uh, the mids tag team match, and like I said, I feel like that's gonna happen at double or nothing because um, I think they're trying to set up a, a big stage for um for Paige Van Zandt, and um, I don't know how her training um is going so far, but I feel like that's where the this day might be going, uh, or maybe or uh, at an early dynamite. I don't know when that when that's gonna happen, but I predict it probably gonna be double or nothing. But it might come sooner rather than later. Might come sooner. Definitely. I think I think you might want to say that for a pay-per-view. But then again, do you want her debut to be a pay-per-view? We need to get Paige in a couple of dark episodes. Yeah. And um the house of we got a house of black pro, uh, promo. Uh black addresses Fregor Dorsol saying next week the sun dies. Now um in this promo. I thought he, uh, I thought Malachi was talking about with Darby Dar talk about Darby Alley for a for a second, but um yeah, but Frego Dozo, I mean, come on, he's. But I feel yeah, like um, I'm yeah. still confused about this House of Black yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, Frego Dozo, like what, what? Yeah, still very confused. I'm waiting to see it pan out, but yeah, still very confused by this. Um, um, Fuego Delso. because <laughs> like, we're not even seeing Fuego on anything. Like, we're not even seeing him on Dark Lady. So, like, uh, like Black needs to get get rid of uh, this Fuego Delso mess, and then get just get in a few with um. With Darby Allen, because I I feel like that that feud could, could definitely be a lot better. Definitely. Yeah, definitely something like that would be more entertaining for sure. Yeah, like just can't see any can't, just just can't keep seeing these guys cut promos on random things. Like we need to get them on the way. Exactly, and then um we had a Thunder Rose uh promo says she would continue to fight the AEW's uh the best. And see uh, who will be willing to step up to step up to the plate against her at double or nothing. Yeah, time to see who will step up. And um, before the uh, Brit Breaker DMD versus uh, Daniel Kamara Ornhart Foundation tournament qualifying uh, was coming up. Brit Breaker was accompanied by. Pat of uh, uh, Freeman and Nigeria Harris, members of the uh, of the Pit, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. In case y'all didn't know, um, <laughs> tonight's dynamite was in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's where our big break. Yeah, exactly. They might as well change that uh, to uh, that. That's where our uh, big breaker is from. And um, we all know she, she was going to win this one. That that was no thoughts, if that's a buts about it. But um, yeah, not a shark in there. Yeah, um, Carmella dominated early through the the commercial. She taunted with a uh, with a terrible towel, allowing Breaker to come back with a tile forearm and a sling blade. Baker landed a super kick and a twisting net breaker, followed by the curb stomp. Freeman uh, handed Baker a Steelers glove, 
and she applied the lot job for the win. So after the match, Britt Breaker said that the AEW's women division is a disaster way higher earth. She ran down under the members of the division, including Rudy Soho, Tony Storm, Jay Cargill, and the baddies. And she uh, was going off on, on Jay, Jay the most uh, as well. But she said, uh, Baker, she will win the Orange Cup, uh, Cup tournament. Now, from this from this promo, and I, and I said she ran on Jade the most. So, do you see Britt Breaker being the one to defeat uh, Jade Cargill and win the uh, the TBS Championship for Jade? That would be interesting. And um, let's say they switch roles here. Um, Britt Breaker goes into the uh, the TBS Championship uh, division. And then once uh, Jay lose the title, then Jay can move up to challenge um, Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's World Title. That would be very interesting. I think with Britt Baker attacking Jay like that, whatever Britt goes for that TBS title. Yeah, because that's a that's the way I, I I see this I see this going here. Yeah, that um, that's the only thing I'm seeing is like maybe I mean Britt has more than one belt to go after now, so she can be the first woman in AEW history to hold both belts. Yeah, that's a that's the way I uh, I see it there because um, because uh, uh, um, Thunder Rosa is going to need more challengers and um, the and Jay Cargill could, could could be that 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 big challenge. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Jay is only getting more and more powerful by the day now that she got, you know, a group of people around her. So it's going to be something interesting to see because now we can do three versus three. We got, you know, Rebel doesn't really uh, do matches like that, but she's definitely always involved some kind of way. So now there's more matches they can do. Yeah. If they if they link those uh, six together. Exactly. And, um, Serena Deeb and a Carl Cena video promo. And then next week, their feud will end once and for all in a Philly street fight. In a Philly street That's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah. And um, I want to see this match um, uh, come to an end. And um, it's a pretty a pretty good feud, but um, I think that this Philly street fight will, will end it at all. And... Um, the the guys are run down the the lineup so quick, but I'm not gonna do that. That, that is too much. But um, uh, this coming um uh, rampage um, the we got another on hub qual- uh, qualifier with Adam Cole versus Torres Sushi, uh, TBS Championship match with uh, Jay Cargo versus Marita uh, Shafir, Keith Lee and um, Swerve Strickland will be interviewed. Uh, Lance Archer versus uh Serpento. Eddie Kingston versus uh, Daniel Garcia. And then the women's or hub qualifi- qualifiers, uh, Jamie Hayter, Storm, and Britt Breaker will be interviewed by Tony Schiavone. And then next week's uh, the Dynamite, we see the Philly street fight between Harkado Shida and Serena Deeb, Warlow versus Lance Archer, um, or hub quali- qualifying match with Dets uh, Harwood and Cash Wheeler. 
So the F FTR uh, are going head to head on this one. And um, Adam Cole, the Umbus and Red Dragon versus the Velocity Blondes, Dante Martin, Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson. And then the TAT Championship ladder match with Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky. Sounds like a packed show. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then the, the main event, the coffin match, Darby Allen versus Andrade El Idolo. This is uh, one of those matches they've been doing lately where it's just a, a giant like car wreck of a match, but it's entertaining as all hell. Yeah, because I every time you go in a feud with um with Darby Allen, and then when it gets to to the final uh to the final match of the feud, it always end up at, as a coffee match. That's a coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of those matches, like I said, where uh, and you can go do the play by play on it, but it was just one of those matches where I was watching. I was like, this is one of those car crashes of a match that Steam that Steam likes to do. If you notice, all the Steam matches are kind of like this. Any matches you put together, they're like just car wreck of a match where it's like who's where where's what how's this happening it's just but it's just by the end of it you're like that was fun yeah and there was one moment in the, in the match at the ringside air quinn rip up a sign held by a fan in a steam mask who was seriously unmatched to be sting himself <laughs> that that was that was uh, i like that part <laughs> it was like oh you want to rip up uh, my fan you want to rip up my fan well Allow me to introduce myself. Introduce myself. Oh, this is Steve has done this a couple of times, hiding behind his own mask. It's, it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> oh, Especially yeah. since there's like not a lot of people in the audience wearing Sting masks. So if I saw Sting there, when it, if I saw somebody in the Sting mask, I would kind of assume that it was Sting because no one else is wearing Sting masks. But I, I understand what they're doing. I've seen I've seen him do this a couple of times. It is always hilarious when he does it. Yeah. And um, and then of course, um, Private Party, Sting, um, Darby, Adrade, they was fighting out in the uh, at the ringside area until they finally got back into the um into the ringside area. And um the coffin, if you open it up, um had thumbtacks on uh, on there. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know why Andrade when he first went to go lift up the lid and put his hand back like he just got stuck. Yeah, and um, but um, in the final in the final moments uh, of the match, um, Andrade tried to power slam Darby into the coffin, but Darby stunned him over the ropes, landing a missile suicide dive, sending Andrade into the coffin. Darby couldn't close the coffin, however, Joe's. Uh, Joe, the assistant, attacked, and uh, Darby dropped Judge Jose into the um to the uh to, to the coffin door that has the on um, the uh, the tags, and um uh, putting uh Andrade was still in the coffin, and he slammed the coffin shut while Andrade was still in the coffin for the win. And then after the match, the Hardys came out to celebrate with uh with Darby and Sting. Yeah, I mean, good match. I'm glad that uh, Darby was able to get one over on Andrade. Um, you know, even with it being like a car wreck of a match, um, still entertaining. I don't think this one was able, this match really showed like Andrade in the best light as far as like his skills and like the, all his moves are like, like in-ring kind of moves and all his 
things he do are kind of inside the ring. Um, so I don't think this one had showed Andrade as good as previous matches. Um, and But Darby is always fun to watch, and uh, Coffin match is always fun to watch. So, yeah, get, get main of you wrap up. But um, as far as Andrade, he needs to get away from this um, um, uh, with, uh, with the Butcher, the Blade, the Bunny, and Private Party on itself. You know, we need to bring in Ric Flair. To help Andrade, we need to bring Ric Flair in because I see him on a with on a video was like he had a little um training with uh, with Jay Lethal. So let's let's bring Ric Flair in because um soon Dar uh, Andrade he he's gonna be his son-in-law, and uh Andrade and Andrade and Charlie gonna be married soon in the summer. So why not bring Ric Flair in? I mean, do you think it, enough time has passed since that Dark Side of the Ring episode? Yeah, um, Tommy Dreamer, uh, that um, Impact allowed Tommy Dreamer to come back to uh, to, to Impact. So why not Ric Flair in AEW? That yeah, good to not, but just to help um, Andrade get get to the top. Nature, I wouldn't mind seeing Nature Boy back. I think uh, he's been on punishment long enough. Man's old. Let him work. He ain't got much time left. Let him work. That's what makes him happy. Yeah. So uh, this will definitely help uh, uh, Andrade, especially uh, at least get him to a TNT title match because that's what Andrade has been, uh, been, 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 been looking for. Facts. I mean, you can put the belt on Andrade. He's a good champ. He was a good NXT champ. Yeah. Because um, if I see anyone to um, take down, um, uh, uh, Sammy Guevara, Andra, Andrade will, will, will be the one. Andrade will be the one. Yep, yep. So, what you think about this week's uh, Dynamite? So, this was a, this was a pretty good um pay per view as Dynamite. Uh, same thing is going to happen for 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 next week, and um the, this was looking good. But um, I the the big thing, like we said before, the big thing coming out of this was the announcement of AEW and New Japan show. The Forbidden Door is going to be happening in June. Yep, that was the big announcement. We're going to have some pretty cool matches. Too bad Nakamura is no longer with New Japan. Um, but a lot of great talent over there in New Japan. A lot of hard-hitting matches. This will be great for Daniel Brian Danielson, who has been wanting to go over to New Japan. Now New Japan is coming to him. Who are the... Who are the, the uh, Blackpool Combat Club faced from New Japan. That'd be a match I like to see. I mean, Mox is already going one on one with Tanahashi. That where the hell Dinez come from though? Trigo <laughs> just let me in the door. But <laughs> like I the said, forbidden, the forbidden door is open. Dinez just came in. What the hell? <laughs> well, I will just say this regarding that. And we're going to be, I don't know what comes out first, this or RTC, but we are touching on the Windy City riot and the finish to the, the entire like last five minutes. Mox caught out Tanahashi after the ref like cost Osprey for like the third big match in a row. Which he did kick out before the three. Right, the ref right. botched it. 
I thought he knocked him out right before he was going for the bulldog. Nope, the ref botched the three. You know, I need to catch up on that um, on that uh, show. I see, but I still haven't watched Rampage or Battle of the Belts. I've got, I've got. Well, Battle of the Belts. We're also. This is going to be a crossover of all crossovers. Doors open, but Sammy obviously won the title back. Nyla and Rosa, Oive, and. Since you guys were talking when I hopped on the um, Forbidden Door, I looked up the stats for the 2019 G1 Supercard and the biggest EU when it comes to AEW's production, their women's division might get exposed even more on a big stage because they literally only had shove the woman into all the women on that show and this was ROH in New Japan and some stardom influence they shoved them into a multi-woman six-woman tag on the in a dark match before the G1 pre-show and then the Kelly Klein versus Mayu women of honor at the time world title match other than that, and they had another 10 matches on top of that. No women's involvement whatsoever. Hmm. So you think a company like AEW that is struggling to put their women's talent on TV and you're partnering with a company, unless stardom's involved, will not have women's wrestling whatsoever? I'm nervous for the fallout because this in AW in AW's bubble in the pro wrestling AW bubble is the biggest show to date. And to be honest, it's about to overshadow drunk cowboy versus straight edge asshole. Which it shouldn't because that is a sole AW pay-per-view. Just like Ty and Deanna are about to overshadow Tasha and uh, Rosemary. And that title match is for another company's top title. Well, it looks like we got a lot to look forward to in the next couple of months. I think I know you're excited about uh, the New Japan and AEW show. I know you're a huge New Japan fan. Um, So I'm excited to kind of cover some of these things with you guys going forward. Tune into RTC. Yep, and then um, this was our uh, Dynamite uh, review sh- uh, review show. This will be, uh, of course, this will be uploaded on Technology News Talk. And uh, you guys also stay tuned for um, our next episode on the RTC uh, episode. You guys will uh, be on the lookout for it from that. But um, other than that, he is Leland, he is Donaz, and I'm Trico, and we're out, y'all. Peace.